1: friends and welcome back to the Bill Press Pod. Now, if you're a political junkie, I mean, if you followed politics at any level for the last couple of decades, then you already know Carl Cameron. For over 20 years, Carl was the chief political correspondent for Fox News. I mean, he was there even before Roger Ailes, out on the road covering House races, Senate races, and presidential campaigns. In fact, Carl was out on the road so much that he got the nickname Campaign Carl. He loves politics. But when Donald Trump got elected, Carl said, enough. He quit Fox News and with Joe Rome from the Center for American Progress, he recently launched an exciting new progressive website called Front Page Live, which Carl says will be the Drudge Report for the left. I caught up with Carl on a busy day in Philadelphia at NetRoots Nation. Campaign Carl, it's good to see you. Hey pal, how are you? All right, I'm great, thank you. So Over two decades, with Fox News as their principal political reporter out on the campaign trail, how much time did you spend on the road? Way
0: too much for mental, physical, spiritual health. Uh, There were times when I would start chasing presidential campaigns in the preceding cycles run up to the midterms. Whoa. So in this case, recently— Um, we'd be talking about going out on the road in 2017 before the 18 midterms. And I did that virtually every year from 1995
1: on, every cycle. um, And several presidential campaigns, Senate campaigns, the whole thing? so So
0: more often than not, I spent more time on the road than I did in either New York or D.C. Fox Studios or my own home.
1: It was a good gig. You got a great reputation for it. Well deserved. Why'd you quit?
0: Um, Because I was burned out. I was exhausted. Uh, I had been on with Trump since prior to 2014. And everything about his nomination and about his candidacy and his presidency and his lack of preparedness was really, really bearing down on me mentally uh, and philosophically. I don't have a particular penchant for the Republican, Democratic, Libertarian, Green, or other of the 93 some odd parties who have been on our national ballot since the beginning of the country's time. Um, But I do have a penchant for the principles and the values on what, on the country and how it was founded, and how we have corrected some of our mistakes along the way. And with Donald Trump, I saw nothing but mistakes long before he ever ran for president this last time. I covered him in 88 when he ran and I covered him in 2000 when he ran. And that's one of the things that aggravated me from the very beginning because his origin story was that he'd never been a politician and never run for office and he was a successful businessman and he is neither.
1: Uh, Someone told me just as recent as this morning uh, when they knew I was going to be talking to you uh, that all those years watching you on television, reporting on the campaigns, never had any idea of what your personal politics or personal belief was.
0: Good. That, that pleases me. That was the point. And, and I stung a few Republicans and I stung a few Democrats, made a handful of mistakes along the way, uh, but I also gave them credit where credit was due. And that's the point, particularly for a political reporter. We are supposed to inform the public so that they can make responsible decisions in whatever suits their fancy at an election point. It's not like uh, beat p- police job reporter, it's different. Our, I am giving you information that you're going to act on as opposed to just be aware of. So there's not a lot of margin for BSing that and there's too much of it everywhere because news has become, for most people, a consumer product that is entertainment, not information. So was part of your frustration, not just with Donald
1: Trump, but with the network you were working for? Sure.
0: Um, I was always left alone to do what I wanted to do. I was lucky to have been hired one, as, before the network launched, along with Shepard Smith and Eric Sean, both of whom are still there. And for the people in the news department, I have tremendous respect for their uh, perseverance and their attempt to be accurate and to be fair. Uh, but there was no secret that, and there is no secret, and it has been acknowledged in, in their own press reporting over the, over the years, that the news division and the entertainment side of Fox often have friction. That should be with any operation. The news department is supposed to be a pain in the neck. It's expensive, it's hard work, and you got to get it right, and you got to keep your own opinions out of it. Uh, But that's not what's happening anymore. Uh, It's too easy to put on 30 seconds of actual news and eight minutes of paneled experts, because that can be more entertaining than another story or more information on the story. So people will stay there till we run our Geico ads. Right.
1: But somebody, some, several people have said that today, Fox News is nothing more than an extension of the Trump White House. Do you believe that?
0: No, but I do think that it is probably the first time in the age of television that there's ever been a president and a news department, or a, or a, or a news provider, a new, that has been this close to a president. Um, We all know that LBJ used to love to sit down and have quiet, off-the-record meetings with his buddies and play cards and smoke cigars and drink a little bit. Um, That didn't change how they reported. Uh, Access is a problem. Access for journalists, I think the best example of that was the crisis that became the absence of weapons of mass destruction in the Iraq War. Had Judy Miller not had access to the Vice President of the United States, her editors would not have let a lot of what she was writing go on had Judy Miller not had access to a vice president who was saying that there were weapons of mass destruction and the CIA was concealing it from the public and there, you know, all that stuff, that access would not have, without that access, we wouldn't have had that lie perpetuated across the world by one of the most revered newspapers that we have. Um, So that's a problem and it it affects all of us uh, and so, we shouldn't be that close to the leaders we cover. It's as simple as that. I never, I, you know, I, got, I have two grown boys, two grown men now, but when they were kids, there was no way I was ever going to in, have my kids interact with some politician's kids. Not as, a, not as a social thing. It just wasn't, it was just too close.
1: So today, you have a case where uh, Sean Hannity, uh, Tucker Carlson, who knows who else, uh, almost daily talk to the President of the United States Uh, influencing public opinion Um, that healthy
0: I don't think so Um, I think I think they do I think the three of them think that they're actually doing the right thing Um, I disagree and 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 you know I have no problem with opinion people I don't I mean I have my own opinions but and some of them I'm willing to share but it's got to be based on some sort of historical fact. There has to be some artifact of, that, that, that makes it real as opposed to an aspirational goal or just ideological. So would you
1: consider, would you consider Fox News today as uh, a legitimate news channel, or is it fake news? No,
0: well, fake news is nonsense. That, that those, that's an oxymoron. Fake and news in the same places. It's either it's news or it's not, uh, either it's accurate or it isn't. I'm not going to perpetuate Trump's nonsense. Um, I think all media has a responsibility to be to be to be accurate and to be informed. Anything short of that is misleading the public. You seek to put their eyeballs in front of in front of our cameras, and anything other than that, eventually, I think it's just fundamentally destructive. And and frankly, I mean, you know, uh, let's be flag wavers here for a minute. George Washington supposedly never told a lie. America is supposed to be about helping people and doing the right thing. Giving people misinformation or giving them falsehoods, intentionally or not, needs to be corrected, not enhanced. It needs to be stopped, not, not, not enhanced. Uh, and, and TV is a business. And so, being on the web provides different opportunities. It's a way bigger problem of nonsense and lies on the web than there is on television. Uh, So Front Page Live is going to tackle that, and what we're doing is putting out stuff that does have uh, an appeal for progressives, for liberals, for Democrats, for people left of center. But the fact of the matter is I've gotten a lot of feedback from folks who are surprised to find me working at a progressive place because they were campaign Carl fans when I was at Fox, Mm -hmm. and they seem to like it too um, because they believe that it's factual and you know these are these are stories that we're aggregating from across the from across the, the 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 webosphere and they're all if they're if they're trending if they're going viral if they're accurate we will put those into the mainstream and hopefully have a huge audience of people who have who have been better informed as opposed to having their biases fortified by more biased misinformation
1: and you're talking about your new venture, FrontPageLive.com. Uh, FrontPageLive.com,
0: yeah, FrontPageLive.com. It's good to see you on tape because you can cut that out.
1: <laughs> FrontPageLive.com. <laughs> I no, hope we you wanna, don't. We want to help, help you promote it. Before we move on to that, I want to come back to Fox News sure. for a second just to ask you about it and get your reaction to either a couple of players or a couple of programs. Uh, if you're talking about the Trump White House being an extension of Fox News, maybe that's no more true, or would you agree that's no more true than with Fox and Friends in the morning?
0: Yeah, I think that that's. I think that they are obviously supporting him. They they. That's part of the language. That's part of their vernacular. They are making it very clear that they are Trump boosters.
1: He watches them. Right. He retweets them. Right. He's even changed his opinion based on what he saw on Fox and Friends in the morning.
0: He, well, true. And and now he Trump has has criticized Chris Wallace and Brett Baer, uh, and and a variety and Shepard Smith quite a bit, and and. And, and, and again, that sort of makes my point. There is a news division there that is actually getting under his skin. That is a good thing if for no other reason because he'll, he'll go after anybody. He, there, I mean, he says loyalty is his primary goal out of people. He right. has no loyalty to anything other than himself. He claims to love Fox, but he'll take a shot at the first possible slight. How'd you get along with Roger Ailes? Um, Roger didn't hire me, actually. I, he wasn't there when I got hired. Um, Joe Perrin, the ex-boss mm-hmm. at CBS, was the guy who came in. And Emily Rooney, Andy's son—and daughter, excuse me. Andy Rooney was the director of the political unit that was formed prior to the launch. We, we, back, back in ninety four and five, Rupert Murdoch said that his Fox broadcast stations needed to start having news operations if they didn't already have one. Some of the ONOs did, but most of the, state cha- the Fox channels around the country didn't have news. And he literally invented the 10 o'clock newscast. And so the 10 o'clock newscast needed a news feed. So mm-hmm. they hired Shepard to do natural disasters and crime stories, Eric to do all that was going on in, in Washington, D.C., me, the kid from New Hampshire in the first primary state, having worked at Channel 9, uh, where we met years and years and years ago. Yes. Um, to, do, to cover the primaries. That was Bill Clinton's reelection and Bob Dole. So they hired me, and there was about 75 people in our in our. And what we were doing was feeding the local affiliates for the broadcast network, and then we launched. Um, and so it goes way, way back for me. And in the early stages, it was crazy how over the top Fox went to prove that it was trying to be accurate. The banners across the bottom didn't just say opinion. It said so and so is from such an organization. This organization leads by such, and, you know, it, it it leans in such and such a way, and it gets funded by why? I mean, it was like extremes amounts of, money, of of information that was being put on the screen, so that people would understand the opinion that they were hearing had some sort of an underlying agenda. Agenda, that's long since gone, right? Um, did you uh, so you you ended up working or knowing Roger Ailes? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh absolutely. Supported your work. He did. He did. Um, he, used to, he used to love to say that one of his longtime associates, a guy named Chet Collier, when he first saw me on TV, he said, I don't like that guy. He doesn't pop. And, and I was told about that over and over and over again by Roger. And I said, well, you didn't hire me because of my looks in the first place. So, you know, it's because of politics. And it was because, you know, I was straight. Um, I wasn't trying to make a point for myself, I wasn't trying to self-aggrandize. Having started my career and having worked in news and gotten to know the the first-in-the-nation political ethos in the Granite State, live free or die, um, people in New Hampshire have the first primary vote for president. The candidates running don't vote in New Hampshire. So we say to you, Mr. Candidate, I'm the guy who votes, you're a guest here, impress me, you can't vote here. And that's how I became a political reporter, with that New Hampshire attitude of we're the first in the nation, we're the ones who are going to start the real ball rolling for president. We have a responsibility to really give these guys a lot of shit and see what—or women too—and see how see what they're made of and how they react. and. It's a marvelous thing to see. I know you've been up there and you've seen yeah. it before. It is like a carnival uh, of politics in the last two weeks before the primary. Right. And every granite stater thinks they're more important than a president, <laughs> and they're right. Uh,
1: and they're not willing to vote for them until they've shaken yeah. uh, everybody's hand five times. So,
0: Roger, what? there was there was one instance where there was a bit of a gaffe when— Uh, The Obama administration was very, very angry because someone at Fox on the entertainment side had said that Obama, when he was with his mother in Indonesia, had attended a madrasa. And they demanded a a retraction and a correction on that. And ultimately, I ended up, because I was close to the Obama campaign, I was close to the Obama administration, because I'd known all the operatives for years, Um, I was able to put together and help Ailes and others, including I think Murdoch was involved at one point, in order to get Roger Ailes and and Barack Obama in a room alone, and work it out. And it was like a 90-minute meeting, and they did. And it didn't last very long, but for a while there was a there was a piece, and there was a collaboration where the the, the 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 entertainment people at Fox were not quite as as cutthroat as they had been. You have moved
1: from in, in, into a, a new operation, you mentioned frontpage live. Yeah. Frontpagelive.com. Goal is to do what? A couple things. And how do you do it?
0: Uh, well, um, the, the elevator pitch is that uh, new front no, excuse me that there's a new frontier and a new opportunity really for the left to be m- more effective online. Part of the model is really kind of like the Drudge Report, a very simple very skimmable way to get updated on all the stories that are the most important at that given moment. This, unlike the Drudge Report, will not deny climate science, will, will, will not push agendas that divide uh, people rather than uh, – and, and be helpful and productive and, 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 pr- and move the country forward. This will be about ideas uh, that will be of change. Conservatives have changed ideas, too. Uh, Not all conservative and not all ideas from the right are bad, Uh, but the leadership right now, uh, whether it's at the White House or in Congress, is desperately messed up, and partly because the Republicans don't know how to handle Trump, because he's not really a Republican, and partly because Trump likes that chaos, because he doesn't know what to do next, so chaos is his standard go place. Um, That has to change, and so front page Live, has the opportunity to really make a difference with that. Is it up and running? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely it's up and running. In fact, um, we're, I'm gonna knock on wood here, um, we're doing better than we expected. And, and I mean, I'm trying to keep my expectations low, but the feedback has been very positive. And uh, I'm surprised by the feedback that I've gotten from friends from my days at Fox uh, who are calling up and sending me texts and emails and everything else that are all like, hey, good for you. That, this thing looks awesome, and it looks good, and it sounds, and, and i bookmarked it. So you know, if, if fellow journalists are interested in it, that to me is like, okay, we're doing something right already.
1: Is your goal to be uh, the drudge report from the left or the drudge report with the facts?
0: The drudge report with the facts, absolutely. But uh, the left, uh, the progressive and liberal ideas have been fighting with one hand, if not one hand and, and, and one full arm behind their backs since the dawn of the digital age. Uh, Republicans jumped on the web from the very beginning. You remember Free Republic. Sure. Um, the only thing that ever... and then came Drudge. And if you take a look at the top news-oriented ideological uh, web pages, the top ten are all Republican. Uh, when you look for, quote, liberal media outlets, you get things like NBC and the New York Times. That's not what we're talking about. Front Page Live is progressive and liberal. There will be a lot of that in there, but the information is accurate. So both sides are going to want to watch it, particularly Republicans who know that their president is not going to be easy to re-elect if he keeps doing the kind of crap he's doing right now.
1: And we're talking with Carl Cameron, who is one of the founders of Front Page Live. It's frontpagelive.com. Again, we're talking with Carl Cameron from FrontPageLive.com, and we're brought to you today by the American Federation of Government Employees, those good men and women of the AFGE under President J. David Cox. They're the ones who uh, service us at all the different federal agencies, not just in Washington, D.C., but around the country. They're true patriots who love our country and are proud to get up and work for America every day of the week.
0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu/podcast.
1: Carl, again, good to see you. Thanks for taking the time. Um, as someone who's been around the field for longer than I have, maybe what what do you think about the media in general today, particularly? Coverage of the Trump campaign. You know, of course, the White House complains he's, yeah. he's been treated more poorly than any president ever. The media's against him. That's why he calls them
0: fake news. Bop, bop, bop. Has the coverage been fair? I think you've got to break it down by what media we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, newspapers have done a great job. The New York Times, The Washington Post, the Chicago Trib, L.A. Times, they, they, they're, they're grinding stuff out all the time. Uh, there's been some Pulitzer Prize-winning journalism over the Trump administration, no question about it. Um, it's interesting to me, when you look at the, the, the network nightly news, ABC, NBC, and CBS, uh, they have taken a lot of their Trump coverage out of their, out of their newscasts. And there's been for, what, 35 years of uh, network television, network television news has gotten more about news you can use as opposed to news you're supposed to— that you really need to know about. Um, so that's softened. And cable of those three entities that we've talked about, print is dying fast. Those big ones, they're still around, but you know we all know about it. what a travesty of the municipal and county newspapers are just dead, not dying, they're dead. Um, the, uh, and then you get to cable television, and I think in terms of big media, it is the primary example of this is not about news and information, this is a business. And the first goal is to get people to watch, to jack your ratings, to jack your revenue, so that you can go from the cowboy catheter, as your ad guy, to Mercedes and Cadillac. And that ends up not being news. That ends up being give the people what they want, which is entertainment, which is fine. But CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News all have news in their names and initials.
1: Do you think that
0: uh, Donald Trump's repeated use
1: of the phrase fake news, even going so far as to call the media the enemy of the American people, um, has hurt the news business?
0: I think it's definitely uh, it's a punch that has doubled us over, but I don't think it's beaten the news. I I think ultimately what it's done is it's hurt the presidency, it's hurt the country, and it's hurt the culture. uh, To malign the media in a country that has in its First Amendment free speech and talks about the press as a fourth estate, although that's not in the Constitution obviously, but that's what it has been throughout our country's history. And to say that is fundamentally not presidential and not American. So his two main things to be president is to care about America and to be presidential, which is to say preside over the country, make it better. That's, what, that's where the word comes from, you're presiding. He's supposed to be presiding over the Congress. He's not. He's supposed to be presiding over a huge, huge, massive government. He's not. He doesn't know how. And that's a real problem. And I think that that is uh, an indictment of our electoral process. It's an indictment of our media. It's an indictment of a two-party system that has turned into a zero-sum game of big money, attack ads, and, and digital attacks. Part of your career,
1: you were chief White House correspondent for Fox News. Uh, you were at the briefing room every day. You were in the front row every day. You had a chance to ask a question. There are no longer any White House briefings. Should we care?
0: Yes. I mean, this is is a president who has put up a wall around himself and his administration because what he is doing is fundamentally wrong. So just don't talk to anybody unless it's with a tweet. I mean, there's a reason he does his chopper talks, because he can walk away in 30 seconds. Um, Other than that, his communication, hell. I mean, I I know Stephanie Grisham, the new White House Press Secretary. Secretary. She is a tough, smart woman. Her opinions don't come into this, but she is going to defend Donald Trump very, 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 very effectively. If she ever gets to get to the podium, it's Trump who's keeping her off of it. I mean, the press office wants to have a partner. The, the, The press and the press secretary are supposed to work together to inform the public. It isn't happening because of the president. Why are the
1: briefings important for the administration?
0: It's their opportunity to get their own message out and talk about what their what, what, what their plans are. The problem is they don't have plans. The plans that they have, the plans that they promised, the plans that Trump promised during the campaign were impossible from the beginning, and just about every national journalist said it in one way or another. There's a Congress in the way, there's a court system in the way. I said it on Fox on a, just about every single issue he talked about. There was, there is no way we're going to build a border to board a Pacific Ocean to the Gulf of Mexico wall on the Mexico Texas, Texas U.S. border. It is not going to happen. He promised that that's what he was going to do. That's how it started. So, you know, he's 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 out of control, and that we need to have uh, serious reforms and serious discussions that have in the past been. Uh, probably less necessary. The, the presidents that we thought were terrible over the last 50 years are looking really good right now. The White House, and I'm
1: part of the White House Press Corps, the White House Correspondents Association, used to go to the briefings every day when we had briefings. And when we complained to, complained to Sarah Huckabee Sanders or to Bill Shine, Fox News sure. Communications Director, the answer was, you don't need the briefings because the President will stop and talk to you on the way out to the helicopter.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's nonsense. Serve, serve the purpose? No, because often he would say things that were, just weren't true, and that's when the Press Secretary can come back and explain what he really meant. And by letting him speak for himself, and letting him tweet for himself, he has, he has violated norms, and done things that damage the Office of the Presidency, the White House, and it has damaged our nation's view and the world view of American politics writ large. That's, a, that's just horrible.
1: So finally, with your experience, um, what is your advice to your fellow journalists today, um, those who are covering the White House or those who are covering the political system, going to Trump's politics, in the face of these repeated attacks by Donald Trump, what, do you, what will you tell your fellow journalists to do?
0: i tell you what. My pal Jim Acosta at CNN has a great book about his experiences with getting bashed by Trump. And there's some really, really good insights. And, and, and he also talks about sort of emotional, physical, mental solutions. A book called The Enemy of the People, yeah. which I have read. It's a great book. I applaud everybody at the White House press corps for hanging in there. Um, I thought I had seen it all in 2000 when we had a recount and then in 2001 when we were attacked. And I thought I'd seen it all when the Iraq war notwithstanding W got reelected. And I thought I'd seen it all when Barack Obama got elected. And and when Trump got elected, I had seen enough. now that I've watched him in office for a while, I'm not back as a TV reporter, but I, I still have something to say. And your advice again to your fellow journalists is? Hang in there. Fight for truth. Don't. Don't waver. And, you know, just, just hang in there. We need you. We need you desperately. Uh, those who miss Carl Cameron can still find you at? Oh, uh. FrontPageLive.com, FrontPageLive.com, and uh, you'll find all of the ways to reach me there, and I'm online at, on Twitter, and although I don't usually pay a lot of attention to it, you got to sort of do it when you're in the business and Trump's doing what he's doing, but that's about the extent of it. All right. Carl Cameron. So good to see you. Thank thanks, you. Bill. This was and great. And thanks for joining us on the Bill Press Pod. Thanks for what you do.
1: And that's it for today's Bill Press Pod. Again, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you go to look for your favorite podcasts. We're there. And we ask you to help out in three ways. One, please subscribe to the Bill Press Pod. Two, please tell your friends. And three, if you like what you heard, and how could you not? please give us a five-star rating. That's the best way to help us get the word out. So again, thanks to Carl Cameron from FrontPageLive.com. Stay strong, and we'll see you on the next edition of the Bill Podcast.